Welcome to the premiere of the Chicano Mundo podcast. I am your host, Sigifredo Jimenez. Shouts out to Kathleen Martin on this beautiful Duwaps Odis Rola, that 40s and 50 vibes that make you want to go on a cruise with your hyena, wrap your arms around her shoulders. That's before, you know, these car companies were haters with adding that center council and taking away that center seat on some hater shit. Neta, they fucked up with that one, but you know, I think this music is a nice fit, especially with the era that I'm going to talk about today, the Zoot Suit era, the Pachucos and Pachucas, which I am labeling them as the first Chicano, the first Chicano culture. And I mean, they are the big bang of the culture. They're the ones that set it off because after them, like we just had an explosion of the Chicano movement. It was Chicano art, Chicano hip hop, the stilo, the clothing. And then before that, you know, it was a buildup and they had to deal with all kinds of shit before we could really like set this culture together. To set this culture up that we all, we all admire. And the Zoot Suits really made a culture of their own that spread like wildfire throughout the Southwest. And I'm trying to picture what it was like for Mexicans, Americans at that time, because at that time, you know, they were already a few generations removed from being Mexico. You know, like one night they were Mexican citizens, the next day they were American citizens. And I'm pretty sure in the beginning they were holding on to their Mexican culture. And then once the dominant culture started to build and be dominant in that area, they started picking up on it with the language. And, you know, they had to deal with all kinds of crap. And, you know, I'm reading these articles from the 1920s, these Mexican articles saying how Mexican-Americans are losing their culture and they don't like the way they're doing things. And they were kind of the ones that first coined the term Chicano. And it was derogatory. They just didn't like the way Mexican-Americans were at at that time. And of course, they were not accepted into American culture either. You know, they were part of the lower class and califas. They were segregated in school and confined to one side of the city. So there was a lot going on with these Mexicans-Americans. Not accepted. They didn't have money. Mexico was going through revolution. Their parents, and I'm pretty sure a lot of them... Like went through the Mexican repatriation, which is an episode on its own. Like I'm looking in and I can't believe like, like all the stuff that went down during that time. But short story, Mexicans, mostly citizens, around 60% of them were rounded up on trains during the Great Depression and sent to Mexico. And once they got into Mexico, the Mexicans were talking shit about them. And making fun of them because they couldn't speak Spanish. So I'm pretty sure like there was like a. A true identity crisis with these Mexicans American. I'm pretty sure it was like pretty prevalent. Prevalent that. That they didn't like. Themselves there was a lot of inner hate. And. Like that's not cool because I mean how do you go on. With both cultures not liking you for what you are. 
even though you are Mexican, but you just can't speak it, you cannot hold that cultural value. And then you're American, but they don't see you as American because you're color skin. So you can't even hold that value. And it was so fucked up for them. But then, you know, you're coming into the mid to late 30s. American hopped into World War II, which opened up the border with these programs. And these jobs were abundant and they needed someone to hold it down here in America. So they accepted Mexicans and they all traveled throughout for work throughout the Southwest. They had money in their pocket, extra cash to do things, hang around, buy things. And they started to wear these suits and these suits were worn by every ethnic group. It wasn't exclusively to Mexicans, um, jazz musicians, blacks, um, Jewish, Filipinos. If you were in urban settings, um, this is what you wore. This was a stilo. It was a popular suit. Malcolm X wore it. The actor Tintan wore it. But it wasn't really talked about. And I'm guessing suburbia didn't want anything to do with it. They wanted to keep this pristine look of what America is and what it represents. And like a lot of like urban shit wasn't really talked about in that time era. With jazz musicians, they were into the jazz music, the big swing music. They were into the jitterbug. Which, if you've seen like jitterbug videos, they're moving, they're spinning, they're tossing, they're swinging. They were into this fast dance with the fast music, and it's kind of funny because we Mexicans, Chicanos, have slowed down a lot. We ain't doing no swing dance nowadays. We are just straight leaning like a cholo, and that's all we're doing. And you know. Back then, that was the thing, and zoot suits were very big. Mexicans and Americans just brought their own stilo to it. They even made their own dance called the fucking Pachuco Hop. I don't know how it goes. Um, I try to find a video. I try to see what the movements were, but to my luck, I couldn't find it. So if anybody knows how it's done, let me know. Send me a video. I'll deeply appreciate it. So out of this, they build an identity. If they weren't accepted by either culture, then I'm going to make my own culture. Fuck everyone. I'm going to wear the suit. I'm going to make my own trends. I'm going to make my own language. That's what they did. This culture was born. And, you know, the origins of Pachucos and Pachucas is traced back to this town in Texas, El Paso, Texas, um, a.k.a. Chucotown. So these travelers going back and forth from that area would say that Voipai Chukotown, which means going to Chukotown. And, you know, they got creative and they took the pa and they took the chuko and they combined it together and they made pachukos. And for the females, they feminize it by adding an A instead of an O. So that's how it was made. So shots out to El Paso, Texas. I mean, you guys get your roses today. You guys, this is where the culture came from. So you guys started it all. But, you know, like with the zoot suits, I'm pretty sure it was prevalent in every side of the world, especially in the USA. And, you know, the clothing was overly large. You know, they were overly large clothing, um, exaggerated drapes, cut pants, 
peg at the trousers, tapered at the ankle. And so, you know, at the knee it was 32 inches wide and the ankle was at 12 inches. Kind of like, um, kind of like the, 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 the parachute pants that MC Hammer wore. Clown pants. I'm trying to see who else. If you guys ever watched that show, um, that movie Jim Carrey, The Mask. How he wears that zoot suit. And he also danced to a song called the Pachuco Dance or some shit like that. So that's what it looked like. Um, and that's, you know, to keep it loose so they could do the jitterbug dance. And the shirts, they wore a white button-up suspenders. The coat was the long jacket with the broadly padded shoulders, kind of like a letterman. But it went all the way down to the ankles, like a trench coat. Look like looks like it could keep you warm in the winter. The hat, they wore the wide brim, narrow crown with the feather. Like a fedora, which are pretty dope hats. Um, I want to purchase one after this episode because I want one now. And then they wore these thick sole shoes. They wore their hair long, slick back, you know, putting up that tres flores in there with a ducktail. And the pachucas. They wore the same thing. They weren't expelled because of their um, um, gender. They were allowed to wear it. Or, you know, they choose to wear it. It was their choice. But, you know, they also wore the skirt that were right above the knees, which was pretty revealing at that time. And I'm pretty sure they got shit talked to by other people. But, you know, they looked very sexy. And they wore the Phoenix cardigans, the chanclas with the huaraches, wore heavy makeup, and they wore their hair high with foam inserts, known as rats, which I'm guessing is like a bendable wired mesh to keep it up high. They didn't have fucking Aquanet at that time. So they did what they had to do, and they look female. I'm telling you, these signers look fine. And they were down as fuck too. I mean, I'm reading this book called The Women in the Zoot Suits by Catherine S. Ramsey that came out in 2009. And it breaks down the roles that these hyenas were in during that era. They were not your average. They were not your average women at that time period. They got down and they were fighting during the riots. They were punching people. And they were also trying to they were also in committees to get people out of prison for the injustice. So they, they did a lot and they were a big part of the culture. So if, if you want to learn more about them, go check out that book. It's pretty interesting and it has a lot of facts. And, you know, so the making of the culture, you got the identity crisis, the clothing, the stilo, the way you do your hair and the last component is the language. And I'm a, I, I am I am fascinated by this language because the language that our got like it's crossed over into Mexican vocabulary. It's like the slang words and all that shit. Like the certain words that you try to Google up like on translate, but it's not gonna come out because it's not gonna give you the meaning of it. Kind of like an urban dictionary, but this these are the true meanings of them. Like for most middle and lower class Mexicans and Chicanos, like Mexicans Americans, it's widely used. 
shit, I remember my mom and dad speaking, like saying these words. And they were, you know, from Mexico, Zacatecas and Michoacán. So shouts out to them. Um, words like La Jura, which means police, policia. Ebote, which means jail, prison. Gaile, which means come through, but the actual definition of it is street. Orale, which is like an agreement. Like those are some, like, okay, like those are some dope ass Nike Cortezes. Orale. Hey, we'll be at the park around six. Catch you later. Orale. And then Simon, which means yes. Hey, you going to the park later on? Yes. Simon. Sorry. And then you got Vato. Like, hey, who's that Vato? Which means man, right? So, so they're, the way they speak is like this Galo language. And it's interesting how how this Galo language crossed over into Chicano vocabulary because cause the, the origins of Galo and all that is traced back to Spaniard Roman Gypsy language. They don't know how it crossed over. Gypsies were not known for traveling. They were also like the lower end of the spectrum over there in Europe. Traveled by feet. Didn't have money. But somehow it reached the border town. And, you know, they were used in the underground by, in quotations, criminals, weed pushers, gamblers, etc. Shit that you're going to see people do. When the lower class communities. And it was first dated back around the 1930s. And it was used by these gang members in El Paso. The X7 gang. The police logged it in their log books, whatever. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they started to travel for work. And the language came with them. It reached L.A. And once the war ended... The jobs went away. They traveled throughout the Southwest. Some went back to Mexico and they took the language with them. And it spread like wildfire. And now you're in an area working together for four to five years. You're going to pick up on ideas. You're going to pick up on the way you talk. You're going to hang around. And you're just going to construct this, this culture without even knowing it. And then you're going to spread it to Tucson, Texas, Phoenix, Colorado, Denver, Pueblo, Las Vegas, and this culture, you know, it spread, and it's very popular, it got so popular, it's still popular today, it's embedded in our Chicano pop culture, and it crossed so many cultural barriers, like we see them in Quinceañera as a wedding, some parts of Mexico City, they wear that suits, they appreciate the cultural significance of wearing it, um, Mexican actor like Tintan who wore him in movies and that was in an era where Mexicans didn't fuck with Chicanos at all they set the stage for us we didn't have to search for our identity as much as they did they really had to dig deep and construct these ideas to build this identity in a place where two cultures didn't accept them at all the zoo suit spanned for like three decades you know starting up in the 30s and fading away into the 50s but the stilo and the language and how we represent ourselves stayed within us with the invention of lowriders, which blew up to its own culture, to the artwork, to the music, 
to the civil rights movements. It's all because of these pachucos and pachucas. They set the stage. Like I said, they were the Big Bang. And, you know, it really... I'm really, like... How am I going to put this? Uh, you know, like... Like, I'm hearing... Um, People like Rasa talk about how the new generation is not keeping up with the culture. No, I heard it growing up. You know, they're saying they're dressing and speaking in quotations black. Which I don't think we should not fault anyone for doing that. That is the popular culture with hip hop. Um, we cannot fault him like past generations faulted the pachucos and pachucas. We cannot have that cycle continue. The way we pass down the culture is by telling the history of the culture and letting them know the significance of speaking and dressing like this. Standing up for what you believe in, going up against two cultures, the Mexico and the American culture, who didn't accept them. They did what America stands for, and that's standing up to speak and express yourself as they please. And that is patriotic, and that is as that is American as apple pie. And the way to pass it down is to explain the history and give the roses to the past and let the new people, the new generations, the new Chicanos and Chicanas do their own thing and let them mold their culture in the way they please to because that's how you keep it going. That's how you keep it evolving. You cannot confine them to this era in time because that era in time has passed. But, you know, the way we speak is still there. That culture is still there. We still use it. And if we're losing it, that is because you're not letting them do what they do. And you're confining them and you're saying that they're not doing it right because this is how they did it. You're just going to push them away. So if we want to continue this culture, the Chicano culture just gotta spread the history and that's what I'm trying to do and trying to give the shine on people and this is what this Chicano Mundo podcast is gonna be about so that's all I got for today I'm gonna see you guys next week hopefully you guys come in and tune in I'm on Twitter Instagram Facebook Chicano Mundo all one word so you know it's real so give a like, give a follow, give a share. I'm up to 800 likes on Facebook. Let's try to get it up to a thousand. And, you know, we'll just see you guys next week. Arato. You're just my tight face. Coming sense of all the fun. The way you simile like a bright burning sun your dangling participle is my favorite part of speech